God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. It's already done in the spirit. It's already done, that says the says It's day 34, y'all. And the topic is, it's already done. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter and the first verse reads this way. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we all shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And that ends our reading for today. Our worship thought is titled, It's Already Done. When I was a kid, I knew I would become one of two things, an actor or a teacher. I guess teacher one. I have taught English as an adjunct professor for over 10 years. It is one of my top five joys to expose my students to beautiful words and ways of communication. But I owe my inspiration for vocabulary words to my high school teacher, Mr. Vanderbeek. 
He was a pristine professional. Every day, he walked into class with a perfectly ironed plaid shirt and perfectly creased docker khakis. He never repeated the shirts, so I think his closet was filled with that kind of Mr. Rogers appeal. Anyway, Mr. Vanderbeek would walk into class with his briefcase, open it two minutes before class began, take out a framed picture of his wife and kids, place it perfectly near the top right corner of his desk. Then he would take out the chalk from his suitcase. He never used the chalk inside the classroom. OCD? Maybe. I don't know. And he would write three words on the board for our consideration. Our job was to create complex sentences with those words every single day. It became ritual for us in class, and some of my friends hated it, but I loved it. In fact, I forced my guidance counselor to schedule Mr. Vanderbeek as my junior English high school teacher as well because I didn't want to miss out on these words. He didn't greet the class when they walked in. He was a bit brash and impolite at times, I confess. But he was so committed to teaching that he didn't have time for small talk. But by far, Mr. Vanderbeek and Miss Maldonado were my most inspiring teachers in high school. He taught me words like insipid, insatiable, ephemeral, conspicuous, extraneous, and the list goes on and on. And now I am someone else's Mr. Vanderbeek. Now, every single class I have ever taught, whether for a community college or an Ivy League school, I begin my class with three words. I instruct my students to create complex sentences and I try my best to empower them to communicate with others from a place of intentionality and excellence. What, pray tell, does this have to do with Isaiah? Well, I was just getting to that. Isaiah is known in the Bible as the eagle eye prophet. He is also called the Jesus prophet because a great majority of his prophecies are infatuated with Jesus. Take, for example, the above verses we read today. Isaiah says he was wounded for our transgressions. That's Jesus. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's Jesus. By his stripes, we are healed. And that's Jesus. In another chapter in verse, one of my favorites, Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All of these are attributes that speak to the beauty and the breadth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you zoom in and read Isaiah's words from an English teacher's perspective, you will realize that many of his verbs about Jesus are written in the past tense. Wounded bruised, healed. All of these verses speak of Jesus as if he has already come. But according to the chronological calendar, Jesus didn't enter the scene until 700 years later. That's right. Isaiah predates Jesus by 700 years. So what is that about? What does Isaiah, Mr. Vanderbeek and the past tense teach me about worship? Very simple. Isaiah's words prove to us that when we are looking at our lives from a prophetic vantage point, everything we hope for has already happened. In short, it's already done. My body is already healed. My children are already saved. My debt is already paid. Now listen, I'm gonna stop and say this again. And every time I declare it, I want you to vocally, verbally, I want you to say out loud, amen. Here we go, my body is already healed, amen. My children are already saved. 
Amen. My debt is already paid. Amen. My pain is already fixed. Amen. When I see the world from God's perspective, what I need is already supplied. Amen. Jesus, my friends, wasn't an afterthought. Jesus didn't come to fix what accidentally broke. It was always in the mind of God and in the plan of God to create a world that would one day need a savior, a wounded savior, so that he could bear our infirmities and we could have a God that understands like us and has grieved like us and has felt like us and has bore our pain like us. Isaiah's prophecies just confirm what time will one day reveal. And I believe that you are reading these words today. You are hearing this song today. You are listening to this podcast today, not by happenstance, but because you need to be assured that God's promises are true. God will keep God's word. And our job is to trust God until the manifestation of what we believe materializes in embodied form. I want to challenge you to make your requests known by living like those requests have already been answered. After all, the scriptures promise that before we call, God has answered already. So our prayers don't inform God of what God doesn't know. If anything, our prayers affirm who God already is. Why? Because prayer is about affirmation, not information. So my friends, rest in this simple truth today. It's already done. What is your worship work? Look through the book of Isaiah and find three references that speak to Jesus. Let that be an additional time of reflection so you can see Jesus in every book of the Bible. Now let us feature the praise and worship conference mass choir in a tune entitled It's Already Done featuring Evangelist Beverly Crawford. Come on and praise the
Established.